Ott van még Nikolic, Nígó felé, Nígó helyzetben, gól! Gól! Nígó kiegyenlít! Bravo, Loik, bravo, Lolikám, Lajos, szép gól volt! Sallai, azon mellett még el tudjuk hozni. Sőt, Szoboszlai kap labdát. Szoboszlai előtte Nikolic bent középült könyves. Szoboszlai, könyves szép helyet csinált neki. Szoboszlai lő, gól! Hi guys and welcome to another edition of the Hungarian Football Podcast and this week it is a European Championship special. That's right, you'll be pleased to know that the squad hasn't been cut this end and we are, as always, Thomas Mortimer. Hello Gary. Hi Tom, how are you? Yeah, I'm lovely, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. And Chris Barrett. Chris, hey. Hello, Gary. Great to have you guys here. Um, what a week it's been. An emotional roller coaster, really, with this uh, Hungarian squad announcement. Um, let's dive straight into it, guys. Only one place to start, really. Paul Soboslai won't be playing at the European Championships, won't be fulfilling his dream of playing against Ronaldo. Uh have our hopes gone, Tom, with that? I feel, I felt before the tournament and um, before the squad announcement, really, really positive, like in a as positive mood as anyone would have ever heard me, ever, probably. Uh, like, because someone even said, like, when I was commenting and being really positive on Twitter, like, you're always so negative on the podcast, you're always so pessimistic. And I feel like I've fallen back into that pessimism after yesterday's squad announcement. Like, I really felt like we had such a good chance in this group, like, against all the odds and against all expectations. And yesterday's announcement, I think it's just because it came from nowhere, like, really, really took me by surprise and took me, like, I took it pretty hard. Uh, (laughs) Not like a a death in the family, but not far off, probably. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but, we, were, um, yeah, we were expecting a, a, a even the guy who's not played for ever and ever and ever we fully expected him to go still didn't we yeah yeah yeah. i think it just felt, it felt like it came from nowhere like like and it's it's been really weird this whole injury because we didn't really know what it was about at first and then it, we were promised he would be back in like April or yeah be back we, we even spoke about in the pod I'll be good it'd be good for him to get back for the last three or four games of the season play a few games and and get up to match fitness and then and now he's not even there he's not even obviously not even in a position to even be on the bench for like, like the last game of the group because the squad's 26 so like you could easily just have him like as a as a player comes on for twenty minutes in the in the end of a game, like he's got an amazing set piece on him, so he's obviously not even fit enough to just stand about and just do whatever he can to be a um, to help out this team. So he must be really in a bad way, and like you say, not be able to fulfil his dream of playing against Ronaldo and and fulfil his dream of playing at a major European Championship. Um, like because also like you think. 
how many chances will he get to do this? Because it's not like, obviously we've qualified for the last two tournaments, but it's not like a regular occurrence that we do qualify for this. So back to your question, is this the end of the world? Yesterday, I almost felt like it was after the announcement that he wasn't in the squad. But like now I've kind of come to terms with it a little bit more. I I still feel like we've got a good chance to to surprise a lot of people. I think he is a loss and also the fact that we haven't got his direct replacement, Joel Colmar, like it wouldn't have been too much of an issue. I don't I genuinely don't think it would have been too much of an issue if Colmar had come straight into the team to replace him because we saw against um Poland in particular that um we could definitely go forwards with as much fervor and quality as we as we could with without Soboslai in the team. Um, but to kind of go from Soboslai to Gosdog, who oh, I, I obviously got really, really highly rate, but he's not got much experience out of, outside of Hungary, or to Loic Nago, who is potentially the other player who might play in that midfield, or maybe David Shiga, it's, it's a big step down. So um, I'm still relatively confident, but definitely less confident than I was. Yeah, and Chris, I mean, like, there seems to be a lot of feeling that we're more gutted for him not to be playing there rather than for ourselves. That was something I tweeted the other day, like, and I'm genuinely gutted for him. I'm really sad for him. At the end of the day, the last nine games that were unbeaten, he's played in, I think, two of them. So we can still put a team out that's able to be competitive, right? Oh, I mean, I, I definitely think we can be a team that's going to be competitive. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. And um, Tom, I think you you kind of have, have been uh, Soboslai's, uh, I don't, I don't want to say alter ego, but at least the person who's kind of been underneath pushing him, pushing him, especially on HungarianFootball.com and, and followed him for so long. And um, and to, to kind of answer the first question, yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're gutted for him as a personal footballer because of all the things you said you know his dream and the possibility of this happening again is is uh um, i don't want to say slim to none but it's 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 not an automatic you know um and uh with with the way things are going and so you know it it, it is difficult and um it really was kind of a um you know kick in the midsection to hear that uh he wasn't going to be able to be a part of this tournament um and I think we all had a lot of hopes that, um, you know, with someone like him and the, the magic that he's brought to this club and to, to some of those, you know, results that, to get them qualified, he like deserves to be there. And as you said, Tom, I mean, it has to be something because you would think that even if he was up there with a stick propped on one leg, that he would be out there for the last five minutes to do something, but, um, it's not happening. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think though that, uh, you know, there's a core to this team. There's still a culture to this team. There's still um, a lot of momentum coming from a lot of really good results. Um, and, and they they beat and played uh, against some quality clubs and have shown some some resolve um, and some some bite and some depth. And um, I still think there's some good players. You know, you still have uh, some veteran leadership. You still have a lot of players that can get stuck in. Um, and uh, um, I still think of like someone like like Daniel Gajdag, who um, you know still has a lot of quality, and perhaps this is a a, a chance for him to 
to really display. You know, it's, it's interesting a lot of times on the national stage who can emerge. And it, a lot of times there's always a surprise. And I, I think this team is chock full of players like that, um, you know. Um, and so I, 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 I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, you know, we still have a good uh, back line. I still think when we play that, you know, 5-3-1 or whatever that, you know, we get we get back there and get stuck in. I think we're going to pose a lot of problems for some teams. And I, I think, you know, a team like Germany, who doesn't really know who they are right now, we've got some good chances to maybe pick up uh, some points and surprise uh, a few people still. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I still think that there is some cause for hope, um, you know, but definitely – uh, Soboslav's absence will be a big blow. Mm, absolutely. And Tom, in terms of um, Dom himself, he's obviously had the, the move to the Bundesliga, hasn't featured yet, had that injury, he's taken Hungary to the to the Euros, now he's not going to feature in it. Um, he's going to be a star next season in the Bundesliga, I absolutely have no doubt about that. But trying to put a positive on it, mentally, at such a young age, to be dealing with all this is just going to make him so much better a player what do you think yeah yeah I think there's definitely definitely a big case for that like I guess there's part of part of me maybe thinks oh will this be like a huge setback for him which he might not recover from and like I think I just don't think he's that sort of personality to be honest I think yeah like you say he's, he's the sort of personality who really like not much has gone wrong for him probably in his career so far, if anything, in his footballing career. So this is like a big, like almost forking, um, like barrier in, in the road, which he's not used to. And now he's got the chance to be like, grit his teeth and be like, I'm just going to go out there and just, yeah, do, do it all over again. Like prove myself again at a new club um in, in in next season after um having a really tricky start to his his career at Leipzig and then do the same at international level and hopefully guide us through another tournament imagine if he guided us to the world cup like that would i mean that would more than make up for what's kind of happened this summer i mean not, not that it's any 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 of his own making but like we will all miss him like massively like you say it's, we're almost like good more gutted for him than we are ourselves and, and our chances um so if he can yeah go and put a smile on everyone's face again and grab it take us to the world cup that like he's got the ability to do it like genuinely does um especially um against the polish team where they haven't seen him and and hopefully in in three or four months he'll be even better player because he'll be playing bundesliga football like yeah you just got to hope that he really will just just see this as yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as like motivation to to become something even better than before the than rather than and hopefully just seeing that football isn't a, isn't just a an easy path that is because it, it, I guess it was in many ways it's kind of just been too easy for him so far so like this this will definitely uh, strengthen his resolve and strengthen his character which hopefully will only be a good thing. Um, and I just love how much he he loves playing for the national team as well, and like, and I'm I'm sure he'll be absolutely gutted. And it's kind of nice in in an almost sadistic way that he is so gutted because we see national teams around the world where not the players don't really care as much for the national team as they do for their clubs. But 
he definitely doesn't seem like that. I know it's early days, but um, yeah, I'm sure he'll yeah absolutely desperate to to take us to another tournament again, which is only good news really. Yeah, absolutely. And let's not forget that we're in an excellent position in World Cup qualifying as it stands. And come September, when the next fixtures are, he would have uh, had a good month or so of, of uh, Bundesliga football under his belt as well. So, yeah, I think it, you know, there's a lot of positives. Obviously, we can't see past the European Championships at the minute, but, uh, you know, hopefully, long term benefit will be. Um, Will become apparent, and the way UEFA like to mess around with competitions as well is probably going to be impossible not to qualify for a European Championships in the future, anyway. Um, guys, let's get into the squad. So, let's start with the goalkeepers now. Gulacci, Dibus, Standard, Bogdan. Mm, okay, so Tom, you, you said you were really pleased for him as he missed out on the last one, but why are we putting a guy in there who's played like five games or seven games all season, two cup games? Five league games, and, and those five were the last five um, games of Friday's season. It's a very good question. I am very pleased for him as a, as a man, but it's a very, very fair point that, like, and it probably just shows the lack of trust, maybe, in the other options. I see, I guess a third-choice keeper it is maybe more in there for experience and mentality more than anything and like you can probably give the argument that it would be nice to give a, a younger lad a chance to be at one of these tournaments because then he'd be able to know what it's like next time but maybe that's because Rossi doesn't trust the keeper which would be taught to um to be that potential number one in the future so he maybe just sees that I'm going to get more from from Adam Bogdan in terms of mentality and experience that than I would do with Tort. And I mean, I guess also he's probably, if it does come down to the third choice, he probably would want to rely maybe on someone like Bogdan who's been playing in, he's played in the Premier League, obviously, for for Bolton and for Liverpool, um, played in, in, in the SPL, played in the Championship. He's played in big leagues and he's I guess he's got experience. And then I guess also like when when he called up four keepers, I guess Rossi and whoever the goalkeeping coach is at the moment at Hungary, for Hungary, they would have had the chance to see all the goalkeepers side by side, and maybe they just thought Bogdan was better. So yeah, it definitely is unfair in many respects. Like the second choice that Frodi, who's played five games all season, is in the team, but then I guess on on the other respect, like there are a few reasons why, I guess. Yeah, to say it is strange. I mean, experience-wise, Gulacci's done it all: Champions League, um, you know, international stage, and everything like that. Tibus isn't going to learn anything now at his age. It's just, just a strange one for me. Like I say, give give the younger players an experience of what it's like to be, you know, at, at this tournament. Make them hungry. Make them want to, you know, get to it. But um, yeah, a, a, a strange one. Um, for me, um, defenders wise, so uh, we've got Botkar, Bola, Fiola, Ketchkesh, Lang, Lovrencic, Orban, and Salai. Um, now, Attila Salai is, is obviously magnificent. Um, Lovrencic, without a club now after being replaced by Friday, um, what do you make of those selections? 
Yeah, I guess it's interesting. It's good to see um, Bolo in there for sure. He's had a good season um, at, at Vidi and also he's, he's a really, really talented lad. One of the few who performed at anywhere near like a decent level at the under-21 European Championships. And I think that he's maybe got a chance of starting at that right wing back. Like, I kind of like Lovrencic at that position, but he's obviously we're at a club now and uh, after leaving Frodi and then the back four or three as it probably will be with um, Zolai, Orban and, and and one other. I think it'll probably be Fiola. I don't think there's too many. Um, there's nothing really there that's like, yeah, that was a surprise or, or that's exciting. Like it would have been nice if we could have seen Martin Dardai um, in that squad, especially, like someone made a great point on Twitter, like we haven't got any good set piece takers now without Kalmar and, and Sobos line. Dardai would have definitely been that um, from what I've seen it from him at Hertha, but I guess he's still holding his uh, cards close to his chest on his nationality at the moment. Um, but yeah, I don't think too many surprises. Paolo Vinicius obviously misses out and he was never really in the reckoning anyway. Um, but yeah, um, I think, to be honest, it's it's kind of weird that we've got two elite centre-halves. I would, I would call Zolai and Orban both elite. Orban actually was in who scored team, Bundesliga team of the season this year. No, it wasn't Bundesliga. It was it was European League yeah, top that's right, team yeah. of the season, wasn't it? And like that's done on statistics rather than opinion so like make make of that what you will some people will be like oh god statistics are awful and then um some people will be like well that's that they're actually more um factual than opinion but i guess it's, it's it's all on how you kind of take that but if you kind of look at the rest of that team it was like there was no one you would say why is he in there like it so it's amazing to see orban yeah by some amazing names Likes of Haaland, Lewandowski, and um, yeah, like just just elite footballers. So um, yeah, the the bat. I think we're pretty strong, which is crazy compared to 2016 when we had Adam Long and Richard Gujmic. I think we're on two centre half starting that first game. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And like I say, you know, Willie Orban as as an elite player, and and Salai is is definitely that. It, the, He's being linked to so many clubs at the minute. It's almost Sobaslai-esque. Um, and, he, you know, mm-hmm. it certainly looks like he's on his way out of Turkey. A strong tournament, and he, and he definitely will be. But what an incredible, incredible player. He's definitely one of the stars. And like you say, I mean, Lovrencic is a funny one for me. You mentioned that he's he's, he's now been released by Friday. Um, obviously, as captain for those guys and, you know, what he did in it, around the squad was no doubt powerful on the pitch we started to see a player who was really really deteriorating it's quite surprised to see him called up actually in all honesty despite him being one of the mainstays just in in terms of the, those that missed out not necessarily in defense but i think we could have left him out to have um, added an extra midfielder for instance yeah that's definitely a fair point because we are i guess we're about to get onto the midfielders but we are kind of short there and one of your favourites, Andros Schaefer's in there as well. <laughs> Let's get into that, Tom. Now we, you, you mentioned it. Um, so we've got Tamas Cherry, we've got Gazdag, Hollander, 
Kleinheisler, uh, who's literally going to be carrying the weight of that midfield on his shoulders. Adam Nodge, uh, Nigo Schaefer, one of my favourites, and David Shiger. So um, straight into it, Tom. It's, it's very sort of, it's, it's almost like a squad, like midfield squad you'd call up for a friendly against Andorra, in all honesty. Yeah, that's that's the the problem when we've got with like without uh Sobosly and Colmar, like there's no there's no flair there, is there? Like there's no player who you like, oh, we need to get him on the ball because he's gonna really create something. Like Kleinheiser can do that, but like nowadays he's more of like a, a defensive mid than a um well, especially for Hungary, he's kind of more of a defensive mid than a than an attacking one. Um, he, he well, like Nodge will be play at the at the base, and then we have um, Kleinheiser ahead of that, and then there'll be one player ahead of him, which is yeah, been Soboslai or Kolmar previously. Um, so I mean, Kleinheiser has been scoring a lot of goals. So Aussie can some score, scoring some screamers too, and it's great to see him in such good form. But like that little bit of spark, where's it going to come from, really? And this is kind of a problem we've got with without like seeing Gosdog play more international level or not seeing Nago play potentially in centre mid and and Shiger I, I don't mind Shiger but on the ball he's not great so if you bring Shiger in the team and you're trying to play uh, passing football through the centre of the field which we can do when Soboslai or Colmar are there Shiger is just going to slow that up and he's not tidy on the ball like he's a, he's a Defensively, he's really good. Um, and maybe you could play Shiger there and then allow Kleinheiser to be a bit more attacking. But you still get that problem where if the ball goes into Shiger's feet, like it's he's just not as reliable as, as and is not technically gifted as the others. So, yeah, it's, it's it really isn't like two days ago, I would have said, yeah, I think my arm midfield's awesome. But now, because Subbosla is not there, I'm like, Ah, but then I love Gosdog, and 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 we we all love Gosdog. We've always we've spoken about how much we love him. Like I don't. Can I just put that in there? <laughs> just because he's left, like, yeah. To leave Honved and uh, and and go to America, I've I've no love for him. I just can't see why anyone would go to America. This doesn't seem like a a land of dreams. I I jest obviously, but um, <laughs> um it, it's a yeah. land of dreams for me. <laughs> It is. It's a dreamy place. Only because you can't get out. That's right. <laughs> it's a nightmare some days, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and pretty much, we're expecting Hollander to, to play in that left sort of wing-back. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And Nago, to be fair, you could you could argue that he's not really a centre midfielder. So, like, you could you argue that Hollander and Nago aren't, aren't midfielders. I think Nago will play midfield, but like you say, Hollander probably won't. Which we sort of, you know, leads. We've got our three main central defenders, and then, you know, again, two out the midfielders that are going to be playing in those kind of positions back there, which makes some of the some of the other call ups even more bizarre. But um, yeah, like it's it, yeah. I hope I hope I'm proved wrong. I, I, it's funny. I, I such a positive at the start of this podcast, Tom, and listening to you talk, I feel pessimistic. So those guys on Twitter were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. <laughs> so Luca Lucastanu on um on Twitter has asked um might Salai start at left wing back. Um so we just briefly touched the fact that Hollandair would play there. 
you can't waste Attila out on that left wing back position, can we? Surely. Completely agree. Completely agree. Like, I think, I think it's a problem that we are have got such few, so few options there. Like after Holland, there, who do you go to? Do you go to Schoen, who's probably not played there that much in his career? You go to Kevin Varga, who, like, briefly played there um, in in one of the international games. You could put Nago there potentially, or maybe Lovrencic or Bokka. Like Bokka has played there for Frodi before, but like there's not many options. But I was never, I wouldn't put Zolai there. Like obviously he's left footed, and actually I think he's the only left footed player in the squad off the top of my head. I think he is. Um, so like I mean that would give nice balance to that that mid that midfield and that um, and having him out wide like in in the similar way to Hongya. Um, would have been obviously he was he's injured now, um, but yeah, like you say, you can't waste him. No, absolutely not. Um, up front, um, big shout out to Pox. Um, the atomic strike obviously threatened to blow up some kind of reactor or something. So Janosch Hahn has got into the into the squad. Um, no, I guess that's really really well deserved. Um, top scorer in MB1, absolutely set the league on fire. So. Um, Big shout that he's in there. Um, Nemanja Nikolic, Roland Shalai. Sean gets a, a call-up after leaving MT Car and moving over to America. Um, Adam Zalai, we know what we're getting with him. Kevin Varga and Roland Varga. Now, Roland's a bit of a shot call-up for me. Yeah, I mean, Roland is, is, is definitely... Um... I mean, playing playing in NB two and um, and you know just uh, not really featuring in a lot of high profile matches. I just I'm just kind of wondering, you know, maybe what was Rossi thinking there? Uh, there are a number of players that might be able to uh, uh, to play in front of him. Um, I mean, I don't think we're going to see much, um, you know, much change from. Uh, from Shalai and uh, and Salai up top, um, I agree though with you with with Janusz Han. I think it's great for him to. Um, I would love to see him at some point just be able to get it, even if it's the last twenty minutes, um, and hopefully create some magic. I mean, he's he's had a golden boot this year, and uh, I've I've been extremely hard on him for a long time because I've always said that he's you know started off the season usually really hot and then he cools down in the spring when things get tough. And this year he, um, you know, really, really deserves all the accolades for that. So I'm really excited to see him. Um, uh, Sean, I'm glad that he's in America as well, playing with FC Dallas. Um, probably one of the reasons why he's on the club, because they know that he's uh, uh, got great things ahead of him. No, but we knew, we knew also that it was only a matter of time uh, for him uh, as well. And uh, also Nikolic, I think, you know, if, if anyone's going to come on, um, uh, it probably will be him just because of, uh, especially later on in the game, because of his experience. Um, and uh, I think he still uh, has a job to do there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, it's just, it's going to be interesting uh, moving forward, what they decide, but really quite honestly, and uh, Tom, I, I don't really think that um, a whole lot of time is going to be given away from Salah and Chalai. 
Yeah, it's in, and again, Tom. Um, if we're calling up players on on form, then um, there's there's another guy in America who's tearing it to bits at the minute. It's not getting a look in. Um, what do you make of that? Um, yeah, yeah, I know. I guess he's a friend of the show as well. He's on our outro, and we had him on had him on the podcast a couple of times. Shaloi, um, and yeah. I'm, I guess maybe it's just come a little bit too early for him, but I did. I don't understand why he's not never really been around the squad. He's not even had a cap yet, and he's super talented. Um, like you can just see in, in the goals he scores, like he's got loads of talent, and he's still pretty young, playing in a decent league for a decent team. I think they're second in the league now. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'd have, I'd have definitely preferred to see. Um, Shalloy instead of instead of Roland Varga. Like the only reason I can almost see that Varga would be in this team is because of his set pieces. Like, cause, like I say, we've not got anything else. But you don't really want to bring Varga on, do you? Like with no. 10, 15, 20 minutes to like. I would never, apart from a set piece, I just wouldn't want to have Varga on the pitch. Like that's no disrespect to him. He's he's obviously had. He's been a decent player down the years, but like the reason why he left Fernandes Varos is because he's not good enough for Fernandes Varos. So, like his his career is definitely going the wrong way. Whereas someone like Shaloy, like like his his career is definitely going the other way. And like how it will turn out to be, I'm not sure. But like, um, yeah, I'd definitely like to have seen him in there ahead of um, Roland Varga, but it just didn't even seem like it was going to be a thing. I think. The, the possible reason was the fact that we filled our quota of Salais, Shalois, Salois. We've just gone through them all. I think it would have been a nightmare for any commentator, wouldn't it, to, to, to pick out who was on the pitch. That's the only reason I can see that. that um, we, <laughs> just bizarre, isn't it? Imagine that, yeah, it was a front three. And it, like, it, could, it genuinely could have been a case as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Indul Szalai, és vissza lehet tenni Kleinhelyslenek, és újra Szalainak, és ott a gól a helyzet, és a gól, és a gól! Szalai vezet Magyarország! 550 nap után be lehet azt piszkálni, pöckölni, tuckolni! Egy ide! És micsoda támadás volt! I'm going to give a shout out to Griezmann Chief on Twitter. Um, some tongue-in-cheek questions from him. Um, do you think if we would have called up Jack, would we see a different player? I think that's one's for you, Gabby. Yeah. That, is that for me? I think I, so, yeah. I, I can quite easily just, just knock this on the head straight away now and say absolutely not. But by that account, if, we, if we're picking people for set pieces, then why not? Because, like say, it's, it's Varga or, or Jujak. Um, take Jujak. Why not? There's plenty. That of is really true. Like, and I saw someone someone mentioned this, I, and they were being serious. And I think it was a good, a really good point that, like, the, the squad is so big that like there probably is a like a an, a real like potential just to pick players on their like set piece ability because, like. Say if like I don't know France or Germany are t- like one one nil up on us and they've got ten men for example, 
Yeah, maybe throw Jujak on there for, for some set pieces. So you're making me rethink this now, okay, which is bad because I'll be on the phone to you <laughs> in a minute. But if we by, by that kind of account, we want our set piece taker. You want him on from the first minute, don't you? So if mm. we're looking at playing Holland there in that left-back position, when realistically, how many opportunities are we going to get against Portugal, France and Germany? I mean, we, you know, let's be realistic. It's not going to be that many. So if we've got someone who can play, doesn't we don't need his pace anymore, do we, if he's playing in that left-back position? So why not? Yeah, I'm going to be on the phone to him right now. Why not? Let's get Jujak back in the national <laughs> team. Leave him. <laughs> We're going to start a campaign. Um, <laughs> and uh, Griezmann Chief also says, if we do somehow make it out alive of the group stages, what's the first thing you will do? Um, for me, he's going to be taking credit for getting Jujak back in the team because um, his set pieces <laughs> will obviously have contributed to us getting out of the group stages. Chris, what about you? First thing you do if Hungary get out of the group stages? Uh, I think the first thing I'll do is find the nearest ticket um, and try to fly over to, to Budapest and um, greet the team and let them know that, uh, you know, I've been there the whole time. I've been behind <laughs> them the whole time. And, you know, for me, this will be the first time I've ever flown to Hungary. So I think it'll be a, a big deal. And the fact that somebody is escaping from the United States and flying over as a refugee to Hungary would be a huge news item. So I think just me alone would bring a lot of, um, you know, uh, press and news to the Hungarian national team, and it would even further exemplify the glory of them getting out of the group stage. Don't you think? I, I agree. And, you know, Hungary is so welcoming to, to refugees as well, Chris, that I'm sure you'll That's be... what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're... <laughs> You'll be very, very welcome, my friend. Very, very welcome. Um, oh, can't wait. So after you finish screaming um, and probably evicted from your house, what's the what's the first thing you're going to do? I think I'll just cook a massive langosh and, <laughs> and just yeah, and just put like loads and loads and loads of cheese on there. Um, wait for it all to melt, and then yeah just fall into a food coma I think and probably a, a couple of beers as well not too mad on the beers just just a lot a lot of langosh because I've not had it had that in a long time and you know like we had that conversation I think it was I think maybe even last year mm. I've just been salivating at the thought of one ever since mate you definitely won't see the next game if you eat a massive langosh that's for sure <laughs> no. we'll come, visit, come visit you in hospital and um and and once I've got you out of hospital I'll, I'll uh head over to Budapest and, and get Chris out of the refugee camp on the border. <laughs> so um, some more questions from, from Twitter. Um, Salim asks, how is this hungry team different to the 2016 team? I'm, I'm pretty sure he means 2016. He's actually typed 2916. Um, if he's a time tra traveller, Salim, tell me how Jujak did in this tournament, please, and I'll get some money on him. But, um, 2016 squad's a lot different, isn't it, Tom, to this? Yeah, the last squad, I guess, was kind of loads of legends coming to the end. The aforementioned Jujak, um, it was obviously his last major tournament. We didn't think it would be the end of Jujak at the time. I think he was actually, I think he was in, at Bursa Sport at the time. And, like, there was potential that he might be moving to the Bundesliga, I remember, after that tournament because he had an amazing tournament. And he didn't move to the Bundesliga, did he? he moved to the Middle East. 
Um, and obviously, like bigger, more no, well-known legends around Europe, like Gabor Kiyurai, at uh, his last tournament, he was 40 at the time. Zoltan Gira, I think 38. Um, they're lesser known, I guess, around Europe, but no lesser in quality, Roland Uhash. Um And this squad just doesn't have any of them legends. It doesn't have... Um, it has, has Adam Zolai, who I wouldn't class as a Hungarian legend, but he's the most experienced player by a mile in this team, really. Um, this, like, you, you would call Orban and Gulacsi experience but not in terms of that Hungarian level not to the same extent as what Jujak, Kirai, Juash and, and Gera were um, so this team is um, I wouldn't say less egotistical but it's I guess it's a lot uh, more innocent really uh, Nigel Kleinheiser were there last time um, but apart from that there's, there's not going to be too many familiar faces really um, I obviously mentioned Zolai. Um, Nikolic was there at the last one. Fiola was there at the last one. Fiola got injured early doors um, in that Austria game and never played again. Um, long played in the last one. Um, and Galacci was on the bench. But like the team is kind of, yeah, very new, a lot more vibrant, a lot more um, tactically aware, I think. I think they're a lot better than they were four, uh, five years ago. Um, like we we obviously got through the group last time, but I think I I feel like this team has really developed into something more, and, and they're just better, they're better players. Like Nodge had Nodge and Kleinheiser had really really good Euros, but both of them since then have played in top leagues. Um, Nodge has played in Serie. I didn't quite work out for him. Now plays for Bristol City, but he he'd never played outside of Hungary before that tournament. Kleinheiser has dotted around. Um, was not really uh hadn't really played that much club football even that season to be honest um it was kind of going into that tournament like as an unknown quantity and then like like we said like the back two in in uh Orban and Zolaya are very much a step above what we had before Galachi's a step above Kirai I mean on paper he is maybe not in reality Roland Shalai is um, a player that we didn't have, we didn't have that quality last time in the tournament. So yeah, I'd say this is is a lot more vibrant um, and a lot a lot better. I would say it's definitely progressed quite a bit um, f- since five years ago. I just don't think the end result's going to look better than it did five years ago. But that's only because the group is an absolute nightmare. Mm, absolutely, and and. Like you say, I think one of the main things is expectation. We had absolutely no expectation in, in the last tournament. We didn't even, you know, think we would get anything out of Austria in the opening game. And yet, you know, we went on to to beat um, or, or draw with Portugal. Um, who, who else did we beat in the group stage? Drew, drew with Iceland as well. That's right. Yeah, Drew with Iceland. Um yeah, so, you know, expectation this way. Although, like you say, is we expect a lot more from this team, but we don't expect to get anything out of the, out the group. It's, it's a really kind of double-edged sword for it, really. Interesting the bit you say about Adam Zalai not being a, a legend. Do you think that's a bit unfair on him? I think he's going to be one of those players that when he's not there, we, we, we're going to miss. I genuinely do. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree for sure. Um it feels like he's just been around forever um, from a Hungarian national team perspective. Like, 
I think he pretty much started um, started coming through to the side as I was like basically started um, covering Hungary um, like 2010-ish um, and yeah he, he has done really really well like he's just one of those players who really really splits opinion like some people absolutely hate him and some people can really see like what he brings like, I, th- I think you're right I think he's one of those players that after the tournament will be seen as after he retires will be seen as being a lot more important to Hungary than he does feel right now and I think he'll be a lot more respected when he retires but he's just been like he's been just a mainstay of of our team for the last at least 12 years or so absolutely and you know if you speak to the the, the tactical guys um they'll tell you how how um important and incredible he's been for Hungary but if if you kind of look at it as a fan and think your centre forward should score goals all the time then then he's not it's that kind of mix isn't it but yeah his his hold up play especially and just being a general nuisance I think has just been so valuable and it's that kind of Rossi spirit that 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 goes through him for sure um yeah, and I think also from like a influential side, like there's that video of him in the um, dressing room when Rossi had COVID before the Iceland game, and he's really, really he's the leader in this squad. Like, like I say, we've got we haven't got those experienced players and those experienced heads anymore, and he literally is. He's the only one. He's the only real like Orban is a leader at club level, but he doesn't even speak the language. So like it's hard for him to be the leader here. Golacci's just not that kind of character. So it's all on, it kind of rests on Zolai to be not just a centre forward, but also, uh, yeah, the, a leader of men too. Yeah. And, and let's not forget, he's, he's doing bits in the, in the Bundesliga as well at, at the end of the season there. He's scoring goals. He's, he's, he's done an important job for, for his team club side. Yeah, he's like, he, he, and I think the, there was some stats going around for, with him in the side and with him, without him in the side. And like the, the contrast was just day and night. Like it was super impressive to see how, how, him, how much of a job or how much of a good job he's done for that side. Um, and like you say, he might not always score the goals, but he brings a lot, lot more to the, to the, especially to this side. Um, and he gets us up the pitch as well, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. hundred um, percent. Got two friendly games now, which is going to shape, um, you know, what our starting 11 is going to be. We can pretty much guess it, but there's, there's a chance for some players to, to stake a claim for sure. Um, what do we expect out of the, uh, the, the, the two games? Um, that question has come from Twitter. Uh, Shivering Bacon. Um, great name. Has um, has put that question to us. Um, yeah, it's hard to not give your hand away, um, not or show your hand. Sorry, um, but in an ideal world, I would just like to see exactly what we want to see in the first two games. Um, like I would just want the guys to the first eleven to just play with each other twice and play the same style that we're going to play against Portugal um, just so they can get used to it and um, get get accustomed with each other again, um, know where they need to be in, on, in the pitch and and kind of 
get that camaraderie, I guess, more than anything. But it's just hard. Like I say, you don't want to show your hand. You don't want to say, uh, yeah, this is exactly how we're going to play against Portugal. I mean, you could pretend you're double bluffing them, I guess, if you want to. But I mean, like, I don't know how you're going to prove that you are or, or whatever. But um, I, I, that's what I kind of want to see. I just want us to to go out there and play exactly how we are going to play in that first game because it will stand us in such good stead, um, I think, um, for, for what's to come later in the tournament. I guess we're going to play the same way against all three teams, to be fair, not far off. Who do you, do you expect to see um, anyone making a claim, especially out of that midfield? I mean, we're pretty much going to guess it's going to be Nigel and Kleinheisler. Who do you think is going to be that third one? As Doug, we've seen in, in, in the last couple of um, World Cup qualifiers, one good game, one bad game. So we don't really know what we're going to get. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I think it's I think it's between Gosdog, Shiger, and and Nager. I think that's reasonably obvious. Like Sherry and Schaefer are the other two, which could be in there, but like it's not going to be them, is it? Really? Um, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think it's probably just for those guys to to set a marker and to play to the way that Rossi expects of them to play. Like we saw in that. I think it was the first one of the San Marino game or Andorra, I can't remember which way around, that we saw Rossi make changes at halftime because the players weren't carrying out his instructions. And I think that obviously matters a lot to him. Um, so, yeah, I think if I was to put money on it, I think you'd go with Oz <clears throat> Dog. But I'm really not sure. I could barely even say then. I think it's between Gosdog and Shiga. But I, I genuinely, yeah, I think it's a toss of a coin. I, yeah, I, I, I genuinely think there could be a surprise. And I think it could be Schaefer. I think he... No. He, I, I honestly do. I, I, not, not, I, my opinion of him, of him is, is obviously very well known. But <laughs> he must think something of him. He really, really must. And he must see something that, that no one does in, in, the, in the training camp that we're in at the minute. I think, um, I, I think he starts on Friday and, um, and puts in a good performance, albeit because it's Cyprus. No offence, Cypriots. Um, and probably claims the place. Uh, and, and then we can just blame that Gazdag's um, jet lagged, blah blah blah, mm. etc. Et had a long season and so on and so on. So uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't really be surprised at all with that. It could be our new Kleinheisler, couldn't he? Like coming in when no one expects him to, and and scoring potentially. No. Like I mean, he does kind of he does kind of fit that that role, I think. And like I don't watch much darts, but by all accounts, he's been all right there well he must have been all right to get in this squad so like obviously we don't we don't watch that much Slovakian football and we don't watch enough dots sorry dots fans but um yeah potentially like there is a lot there that we're, we're just not seeing at the moment it would be it would be really interesting to see him start on Friday because um like you say it'd be really interesting to see what account he gives of himself yeah, very much so. And, you know, and, and it's interesting in that you said the new Kleinheisler because we genuinely do have the new Kleinheisler and it's actually Kleinheisler <laughs> who yeah. really come good. Um, uh, you know, sort of, he, he Soboslai, 
Styley kind of, you know, propelled us to the European Championships in 2016, disappeared and has come back. And, and these World Cup qualifiers have been magnificent. In, in all three games, there's not been a better player for my, for my money. Yeah, and it's, it's really, really lucky that he has, to be honest, because imagine if we hadn't got Kleinheiser we'd, and, and we'd basically be like Nodge and then who else is playing in midfield? Yeah. Yeah. We'd have to change the whole formation, just play one centre midfielder. Very much. It'd it just, just be interesting, like you say, let's play our game against against these guys because what have we got to lose? We've lost on paper already. Mm. We've lost to all the bookies. We've lost to every pundit. We, we've come bottom of the group with zero points. So let's just play our game. Let's not set up to try and stop those. Let's, let's do what we're going to do. I, I think that would be the best thing that Rossi could do. He'd get a lot of respect for that, I think. Yeah, I think so. And like it's worked, hasn't it? Like we've we were in, we completely controlled Poland for 60 minutes. I know I've said it over and over again, but we literally did. And, and that game is so unfair that it ended 3-3 because we were awesome in that game. And are these teams much that much better than Poland? That much better? Like, I don't know. I don't think they are that much better. Like, none of these teams have a player as good as Lewandowski in the team. Like, uh, France do probably with Mbappe. France, France are an outlier. France are unbelievable, and they will. I think they'll hit us for three or four potentially. The other two, I do not think they are that scary. I really don't, and I think that we genuinely have a chance against them, both of them, a hundred percent. France, I, I think they're just a level above, and they obviously do. They obviously do play as a team as well because they won the World Cup. Um, and they're going to be mad up for this to to do the double, especially with Benzema back now as well. Um, but I think the other two, I think we really, really do have a chance. Yeah, and Tom, you you've had a chat with some um, journalists from those respective countries, from from those groups. So I've obviously had a had, a, had an insight um, on what we can expect. Um, Chris was saying earlier, now, guys, at this point, I must say that um, Chris is no longer with us for the rest of this episode. All that mention of trying to um, leave America and enter Hungary has seen um, a black car pull up outside his house and and he's disappeared. So (laughs) he'll be back on the next episode for sure, guys, as soon as we can um, pay Orban to to, to secure his release, I promise. Um, But, Tom, you, you... you managed to speak to these journalists um, and, and as I say, have got an insight into it. Um, Chris was saying that um, there's no interest in the tournament in Germany. Is that something you picked up on? Yeah, it's exactly what Konstantin Eckner, who I spoke to, said. Um, he's from Spielver.com, who's, I don't know if you've ever, you guys have ever seen it, but it's a really, really good tactical um, website where likes of Istvan Beregi and, and uh, Rene Maric have, have written for in, in the past in the past um, and he was saying yeah there's just a genuine genuine uh, sense of apathy um, for the tournament like that they're, they're losing their head coach who's who's uh, it's his last tournament it'll be his last few games um, the just the feeling around the national team in general like the teams the the Fans are just a lot more interested in club football. I mean, that kind of is the case in a lot of countries, but in Germany, it's it's just really, really stark apparently over there. Um, and and the team in general is just kind of aging. It's kind of coming to its its end of um, 
got end of its cycle. Obviously, it won a World Cup, but now it's kind of, yeah, it needs rejuvenation, and and I think that will come in the in the face of Hansi Flick when he takes over. But right now, yeah, it's they're in not a not a good space at all. And and when I was speaking to him, I was getting more and more excited uh, about our prospects. The game is in Germany, which is a bit of a downside, but um, yeah, I think. In general, we actually really do have a chance against them. They're not the formidable force they used to be. And as we saw at the World Cup last time out, uh, they went out in a group which wasn't that scary. It wasn't as big, it wasn't as tough as this, and they lost to South Korea. So, yeah, I think I think that gives that's also really really positive for us. And whereas for us, like everything is kind of positive. I mean, the Sobosli loss isn't positive, but our enthusiasm and the way that we um, the way that we kind of are stationed at the moment is, is yeah, we're, we're really, really positive and we're in great, great form as well. You, you can just feel like the squad wants to do it for Dominic as well, don't you? Yeah. You know, such a, such a huge lift. It'd be such a huge lift for the nation as well. Obviously, you know, not, not too many weeks ago, it was at the, the highest death rate in the world per capita. Um, so just, it's just such a much needed relief for the country, for, for everyone. So, and, and and like you say, Germany. I, my only fear with Germany is that they had to get to a really low point to to realise that you know, that, like you said, the end of the cycle. And was that low point the the Northern Macedonia game, as opposed to you know losing to us or drawing with us at the European Championships? So yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, Portugal, we know we know really well. Um, any surprises to, like coming from those guys? Not really. Um, I think, like you say, we know them quite well. We played them in World Cup qualifier. We played them, obviously, at the last Euros where we were a worse team. They were arguably better, at least maybe on a par. And this time we're at home. So that gives us a lot of a lot more um, added spice to this and a lot more enthusiasm and optimism going into that game as well. Um, and also, like, when I was speaking to Thiago, Thiago was seeing that the Hungary game, the most difficult for them in the group. He actually really thinks that like they're a lot more suited to play against France and Germany in a counter-attacking kind of formation than they are against Hungary with a deep-lying defence. And like Hungary, as we saw against Poland, I know we conceded three, I know we conceded three, but we were awesome defensively for a long, long periods of that game and we just held them in front of us really, really well. So I think that um, if Portugal do come with that similar type of tactic, like Hungary will do really well against them. And he was saying that Ronaldo is actually in these types of games actually more of a hindrance than a help. So um, it'll be interesting. He's and Thiago, uh, just for a bit back on on him, is is a scout at a very big Italian club. I can't say who, but um, and he um, is a is a really really smart um, guy. And for him to say that, I think it was really really uh, exciting as well so uh yeah fingers crossed that he he is right and Hungary are the most difficult team they face in that group he did think that they'd actually beat us he thinks that they'll get a scrappy goal and win 1-0 but I I genuinely feel that we won't lose that game I feel really optimistic about that one I felt more optimistic when we had Solo Sly but I still think we we could get a result against them especially sat in front of 65,000 fans that who will be going absolutely mad let off the leash, basically, after COVID. 
Yeah, that's really, really good stuff from Tiago. And that episode is currently available to um, to listen to on the Majah Foshi podcast. Get it through your usual sources. And the uh, Germany and France ones, I believe, will be coming out very soon as well. Is that right, Tom? That's right. Um, we'll probably do Germany a week from today, just after the Portugal game, uh, just before the Euros start, sorry, and then we'll do France probably the week after that. So, yeah. Excellent. So, yeah, definitely make sure you check that out. Um, France, one of the tournament favourites, Tom. Um, oh, what, what do we know of there? Who did you speak to with uh, with regards to their team? So it was Jonathan Johnson, who works for CBS Sports in um, Chris's home country of America he covers French football for them um, he yeah I, I was a lot more fearful after speaking to them because they are the complete opposite of Germany it's like really really enthusiastic about the tournament especially like as Benzema has, has been integrated back into the team it's created even more enthusiasm around that type of team um, they're in pretty decent form they're They've been beating very good sides in uh, lately. I know they did draw to Finland, which was their only kind of blotch on their form sheet. Um, and yeah, when speaking to them about their team and the likes of Pogba, who doesn't always do it for Man United, but always does it for France, and Griezmann, who hasn't had the greatest two years at Barcelona, but always does it for France, that is very, very scary proposition. We saw, I don't know how many of you watched Champions League final, but Angelo Conte was absolutely unbelievable. So, like, they've just got so many good players. Defensively, there was a little bit of a question mark he had over, like, the centre-halves. But, like, they're still choosing from, like, Kim Pembe, who plays for PSG, uh, Kurt Zuma, who plays for Chelsea, or, like, untold riches at the back. So, like, it's, it's not really that much of a problem for them. They've got Benzema, Mbappe and Griezmann in a front three. It's it's scary stuff. Um, but yeah, I think we'd just go out there and enjoy it and hope for hope that it doesn't get too crazy. Yeah, and you know, the bottom line with this group is that they've all they're all gonna be targeting us because basically don't beat us and and there's a good chance you're going out of the competition, basically. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it, Hungary, if if Hungary win the first game, beat Portugal, and and are nil nil with France after at half time, say, imagine the confidence that we'll have. We'll be at home, um, and they'll just grow and grow into that game. And you never know. You never know we, what might happen in that game. Like, there, there's going to be yeah. It's just going to be really, really interesting, like because, like you say, these teams have to beat us to get through this group. Um, so added pressure of that. Hungary have got no pressure. Just, just go in there, zero expectations, like you say, with the bookies, with the pundits, uh, with the fans, and yeah, you just, you never, never know what might happen in this group. Yeah, it to me, as a, it genuinely feels like a free hit. Um, I'm gutted that. Uh, I'm not gutted, gut is the wrong word. I wish our World Cup qualifying campaign would have continued rather than, you know, stopping when it did, having the European Championships and then picking up again in September because I genuinely think that's where our biggest hope is at the moment. And, and you know, we're doing amazingly well in it. Um, 
and, and it's a free hit. We've got nothing to lose. We 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 got a, a lot of players with um with something to prove. Um, let's just let's just go. Let's just go for it. Let's say I I don't genuinely don't care losing four nil to, to to these guys as long as we have a go. As long as we don't set up to you know worry about them. Let's let them worry about us. Let's let them think who's this guy. Let's let's do it. I genuinely genuinely feel. That's the you know our biggest hope is just treat it as a free hit, treat it as a little holiday, footballing holiday. Yeah, I think so, and I think I think they will. I I really do. I think they will. will I don't think they'll be overawed by the situation. I think they'll be invigorated by it because I think Rossi's that character, isn't he? Uh, I think yeah, we probably don't speak enough about Rossi on this pod, but it's um he he's been a marvel for us, and he he even had the added pressure of of when Dardai lost his job at Hertha and people were saying, oh yeah, we should we should probably move for Dardai now because Rossi wasn't having the best of times. Because he didn't start that well, Rossi. But um, he's just built a, a real team, like a team on the pitch and just a real team ethic. Um, and yeah, I think he deserves enormous credit. And that's why I, I'm not, that's why I'm so positive to be honest because I just feel that he is he's he's the right man that we've we've got leading us um into this tournament and it, it's strange that the the, the last two appointments well the, the appointment of Bernd Stork before the 2016 Euros was so left field it's unbelievable um and Rossi is just like again just such a left field choice but what a guy. And and I keep saying it all the time, all the time. I, you know, I watched Budapest Honved nearly get relegated with him at the helm. They were that bad. When he came back to the club, what on earth are you doing back here? This is horrendous. And we win the league. There's something about that guy. There's something very, very special about that guy. And, and underlying everything is the fact that he gets hungry. He gets the country. He gets the culture. He gets everything. This guy, we talk about legends. This guy has to be a legend for me already. Genuinely, I, I look at the result sequence that we've had. It, it's it's un- unmatchable in, in in you know recent history. It really, really is. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. Like, and I think he's so right about him getting the culture and, and stuff as well. Like, he's really thrown himself into into being an honorary Hungarian and and by meeting the fans by living out here like you see sometimes foreign managers don't even live in the country that they that they're managing um whereas Rossi is is just yeah just an honorary Hungarian and I think that's so important at international level it's um yeah like you say it's so funny that he almost got Honved relegated and then him and Lanza Farmer came back for some unknown reason and then look at him now look at him now it's crazy I love it. I absolutely adore that guy. It's, yeah, I, I can't put into words how much. And, and it's coming from someone that would have loved Dardai to stay. When he come and steadied the ship, he was fantastic. And then when he left, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. And thought, where on earth do we go from here? And, and look at us. It's, this is like to say the, the, the best Hungarian period of Hungarian football in, in my entire life is um is playing out in front of my eyes and it's you know and it's it's, it's thankfully to, to to Marco Rossi so yeah for him I, I'd be delighted I'd just delighted but like I say bigger picture I think how bizarre is it that we're saying the bigger picture is us qualifying for the World Cup 
I know, I know. And we, like you say, we have a really, really good chance. I think, yeah, yeah I think it's bizarre. There's also going to be like a bit of a hangover, like for England, I think, whatever happens. Like if they win the World Cup, if they win the Euros, which I don't think they will, we play them, I think, in the next game, or we play them very soon after. We play them in September anyway. Yeah. Um, are they going to be really motivated for that? If they go out in the group stage, are they going to be really motivated for that? That World Cup game against us? Like, we've got a really good opportunity against England. And like you say, said earlier, right at the start of the show, Sobosai is going to be bang up for that. And we maybe even get a result against England. Um, I guess we'll get round to that in, in due time. But yeah. Right. I kind of, but like you say, if, if they don't have a good showing at the Euros, they could be without Gareth Southgate in September. They could start a whole new tradition, uh, uh, transitional period with, with the older heads going and the youth coming in. So. It's yeah, like you say, it's it's a it's a really good time. So as much as I I, I feel that the the Euros is a hindrance to the World Cup qualifying for these bigger sides, it, it could be actually what we need. So there's mm. all positive in this show, Tom. There's always a positive. Look at us, look at us. It's too positive, I think. If anything, we need we need to edit out and put some really sombre violin Hungarian violins underneath us, and yeah, <laughs> stop this positive. Yeah, Talk about France beating us eight 0 Exactly, yeah, and then the dark days of having a manager resign at the end of uh, a game against Holland, (laughs) (laughs) or during the match, wasn't it? Actually, we had about was about ten minutes to go when he resigned. I think so. Yeah, God, incredible, incredible. Guys, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening to it. Um, Fingers crossed we've got two games coming up, two friendly games that are going to shape how we do. And um, we'll see. Obviously, logistics-wise, it might not work, but we'll see if we can uh, can get a pod in between the European Championships or while it's on. Um, Could be really, really good or could be really depressing. Um, Tom, thanks. Really, really insightful as always. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure. And say, guys, keep an eye out for those um, interviews that Tom's done uh, about our opposition. Absolutely bang on stuff, I promise you that. Um, If you've enjoyed, hit the subscribe button or whatever you do on your favourite podcast provider. Um, And a big shout out, if you check Majar Fossey Live's um, Twitter account right now, you'll see a video that Tom's made, which is a trailer for the European Championships. And if that don't get you up up for anything... You're dead inside. On that note, guys, see you next time. Take care. Stay safe and uh, keep listening to the podcast.